When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recipes. They show us the step-by-step of how to prepare dishes to nourish our bodies. But they are so much more than that. They conjure up memories of people and places in very endearing ways. Whether you like the simple instruction of a can of this and a can of that, or if you like the more complex, all-fresh approach, we welcome you to the table as we discuss Southern Cookbooks. I'm Lainey. And I'm Laura Beth. And we are Steel Magnolias. The strength of steel with the grace of a magnolia. We are here to have uplifting conversations about life in the South. And we've got plenty of room at our table. So pull up a chair. Well, welcome to the table. We have a hefty subject to tackle today. Uh, welcome to the Summer Olympics 2022 version. Right? I mean, this is heavy. So I mean, we I almost, just... we, we had so many directions we could go. It almost was like, do we even do it? Yeah. But I think it's going to be a fun conversation. Yeah. I mean, this is one we put on ourselves. This is, <laughs> we, we knew as a Southern podcast, you have to top, have this in your topics. Yeah cookbooks it's central to culture here and I think when it all boils down to it the very best southern cookbook is the one that you makes you think of the people you love or the yeah memories you have yeah or it doesn't matter who the yeah know, how pretty the pictures are or right. any of that in fact if it's got little splatters all over it it's probably better than ever yeah you know, but yeah I, I mean, mean yeah. there's there's no way we can talk about the every wonderful recipe we're just exactly to- and there's not one book even if you've got a favorite southern cookbook it there's no way it, it has can everything be all in inclusive <laughs> and that you got rid of everything else and you just go by this one so yeah we need to just Go ahead and shed the pressure. That's right. Of, we have to do that. This is not a top 10 list. This is not a finals. <laughs> this is just a conversation. And we brought many of you into the conversation. That's right. Which I'm so grateful for that. Too. Yes. Because again, just like I said in the intro, some people like, give me a can of this, a cup of that. And that's what I like. Yes. And other people are like, go into the farmer's market to see what's fresh mm-hmm. and building from that. Mm-hmm. And both are fine. Exactly. We, we love you both. We do. 
I know who I love a little bit more because one's my speed, but that's okay. Well, I think there's one, one, maybe not even just one. There's a couple of things that do set Southern cookbooks apart from other cookbooks that you're going to see as regions. Okay. I think. Okay. Um, One of those is beverages. I think Southern cookbooks carry a larger section of beverages than typical cookbooks. Okay. Unless it's obviously a smoothie cookbook or something, right? And I read that a drink is an expression of Southern hospitality. Well, I do think about when somebody comes in the door. Yes. You like to greet them with something right away. Yes. To drink. So I think that's one thing for sure that in... It's a generality that you okay. could you could say, you know, Southern cookbooks are probably going to have a thicker section on okay. beverages if they have a beverage section, which most of them do. And then the other thing is what the the weight or the sort of inclusion of relishes in Southern culture. Okay, pickled things. Pickled and- canned relished things are our jam <laughs> I love there's it. my pun so I think that you'll see in lots of the cookbooks that we're going to talk about today uh, like a larger portion of relishes again compared to cookbooks outside of the southern region okay I thought you were going to say the secondly we can put a, a can of cream of mushroom soup in anything oh yeah or something about casserole or or canned pineapple canned (laughs) pineapple ritz crackers crumbled on top Uh, i thought you were gonna say we had more recipes that included that that might be true too i don't know but yeah i just thought beverages and relishes seem to be some categorical things that make us different so anyway where where do you want to start (laughs) (laughs) i don't know okay I'm just going to jump in with, uh, in my research and looking through these, there was one that I was shocked how much it covered. Okay. Because you were saying there's not one that covers everything. Right. But y'all. Is there one that comes pretty close? (laughs) I was shocked by Paula Dean's Southern Cooking Bible. Okay, yes. So it is unbelievably thorough. I checked it out from the library. Larbus picking it up right now to look at it. It has so many of the classic Southern recipes, even from different regions. It's got low country. It's got Cajun. I love that. It's got fried chicken. It's got banana pudding. I mean, if you're going to call something the Bible, it should be it pretty be, inclusive. It better be yeah. pretty thorough. Yeah. yeah, it says that this is over 300 recipes, and... This is a great place to start because a lot of people do want just the traditions. Give me the traditional. Now, if you want beautiful pictures, this is not going to be the one. And a lot of people want that too. Yeah. Um, I loved that we had a listener, Brittany Lynn. Yes. And she said she learned to cook using this book. That's a huge statement. That is a huge statement. So if she literally learned to cook, that tells you it does have good step by step. Yes. It's not just assuming you know yes. things. So I was so impressed with this one. I did order me a used copy. Oh, you did? 
hey online because i'm like i don't care if it's used exactly uh it's gonna get dirty anyway right so i did there was some recipes in there that i thought oh maybe i'll make a copy of this and once i've thought that like three times i'm like it's ten dollars used on amazon i'm getting it that's actually brings me (laughs) something funny i've never thought about we should probably always buy if we're buying it for ourselves cookbooks used because you already know based on how crinkly a page is if it's good it's good or not if it has a little no i'm kidding most used books are not that used i actually have a story about that well we have something that i will say right here on that our mom used to always write on her recipes like even on just little recipe cards good Mm -hmm. very good Mm -hmm. yeah that kind of thing i never i don't even mess with the goods anymore because she had so many very good that you just said I was like why bother with just good and so I have started doing that on some recipes and others if I make it and it's just okay I just go ahead and toss the recipe like if it's something I've torn out yeah there's too many good ones to mess with making a yeah just okay one exactly now another thing I'll do though is just make note like use half of that amount of right cream or half of that amount of mayonnaise or something yes if I feel like I like that tweak for sure well one thing I'm noticing just in looking through this Paula Deen cookbook is she does in little orange boxes put a little kind of commentary like your grandma over your shoulder kind of you know or or, you know some wise wisdom make sure you do this yeah I mean how to you know some breadcrumb substitution you know like you've already mentioned Ritz crackers (laughs) so there's an easy one something to pair something with if you're you know just there's little things that are in this throughout it in little orange boxes that well I think what shocked me about that one was just it felt like it really covered the whole south like it wasn't just yes you know Appalachian food or it wasn't just low country food right it was like really covered the the gamut yeah no I I'm liking this a lot so now I'm looking to see thumbs up on that one yeah there is there's over 300 recipes in here that's a lot and it's broken down very easy to find things mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she ends her chapter 17 on relishes. <laughs> of course she does. Yes. Chapter 16's beverages. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. Okay. From there, I was going to mention uh, the taste of country cooking is considered a true classic. Yeah. By Edna Lewis. Okay. Got to talk about Edna. So she divided that cookbook. I I really do love this about that cookbook. She divides it by seasons and menus. Love this. Love this. This is going to help your grocery bill. (laughs) Because you're paying more for things that are out of season. So So buy it in season for the cheaper price. And I think our bodies crave what's in season. Yeah. I've mentioned that on this podcast before. Anyway, uh, she also did a collaboration cookbook mm-hmm um that's also similarly broken down yep. with menus and seasons with scott peacock and yes. that one was called the gift of southern cooking now scott peacock is a younger chef out of well he served a or he cooked for a long time in atlanta yeah the horseradish grill but and for the governor's mansion oh <laughs> in georgia that says a lot well this is a 2003 cookbook okay that you're talking about the gift of southern cooking i've got it right here in front of me i got a copy at the library because i'm still wanting to decide if i want to get a copy of this as well yes 
Shelly, listener Shelly, said this is a hot topic for her, and this is her number one pick. So I know we know her personally yeah, enough she cooks to know. A lot. She described it as quintessential Southern, simple, perfect, irreplaceable. Okay. And the cover of the book is precious. Yeah. Because Edna is a black woman sitting across from Scott, who's a white man, and they've got this beautiful, simple table of just a little cute little tablecloth. They just, it's just the two of them. They just look like they really do enjoy each other. And then you even open up the cookbook and, you know, they're like an even sweeter pose of him just like hugging her from behind. Like this is clearly a very sweet friendship. Let me tell you how sweet that friendship was. She lived with him in his home the last six years of her life. Are you serious? I didn't know that. Wow. So that is pretty special. Wow. He uh, was awarded the best chef in the Southeast by the James Beard Foundation in 2007. Hey. So he uh, made quite a name for himself and, you know, really, I think, learned a lot from her. Yeah. And so, yeah, super sweet friendship. And that makes the book all the it does it does well Mm. one of the things that i read about it is that they've taken neglected traditional recipes unearthed in their years of research together on southern food and worked out new versions that they've made their own so i feel like if you are one that enjoys progress (laughs) and wants to see things tweaked and modified this would also be a great cookbook to Take a little bit of traditional with a little bit of the new. Yeah. So, yeah, but I think there's, I mean, creamy grits and pan fried chicken and biscuits. And well, he's known to me a, a wonderful biscuit maker. So I would love to see his biscuit mm-hmm. recipe before you take that back to the library. Okay. <laughs> Garlic braised shoulder lamb chops. Ooh. With butter beans and tomatoes. Now that butter beans delicious. and tomatoes is it any more southern than that? Yeah, I even thought this was cute that it it said in the cake section that these are potentially all cakewalk winners. Do so you know what cute. I mean by the That's cakewalk? So yeah. yeah, that is precious. So. There's also one that we should probably mention from Edna as well called "In Pursuit of Flavor." Okay, and that's another classic one. NPR calls her the first lady of Southern cooking. That's That's fair. That's a pretty high mark. But uh, the forward in that one, In Pursuit of Flavor, is the forward's done by Mashama Bailey. Okay. She's also a James Beard award-winning chef. It's got from the gardens and orchards, from the farmyard, from the lakes, from oceans. These are all kinds of the... Categories. Different categories. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got about 200 recipes in it. There's an old cookbook, I don't have on my notes here, but the Foxfire Appalachian Cookery cookbook. And I love how they break things down because it mentions like from the spring house and Mm -hmm. like, you know, similarly Mm -hmm. breaking things down. But that one, girl, they show you like. Is it like how to kill the chicken? In how order to kill to, and, yeah. and do yeah. the, and they, they show you everything, how to build the fire. Like it's very, you know. Homesteading. Homesteading. Yes. So. Wow. Um, That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not got all the um, fluff of some of these others, mm-hmm. but it's very basic. Yeah. 
Um, well, we've mentioned before, we love Southern Living. Of course. Or, you know, recipes. Yes. And they have so many different cookbooks. Yeah. I personally don't own many of their cookbooks. I have printed out a lot of their recipes and made my own yeah. <laughs> collections. Yeah. But they do have a couple I wanted to mention. One is called Southern Living All-Time Favorites. Okay. And the ultimate Southern Living cookbook. So oh, those okay. two names tell yep. me they've got to be good. Yeah. Just because they're such big collections. But Well, and I've got the Heirloom Recipe cookbook from oh, Southern that Living good. that I'm sitting here looking at. This was, I believe, a wedding gift, which we hadn't mentioned yet. But any of these make great Wonderful wedding, wedding gifts. gifts. Yeah. Put it with a cutting board or something that they registered for, for their from kitchen. Tennessee Woodwork. Yeah. <laughs> One of those pretty... Butcher block boards. But this one has lots of photos, even nostalgic photos. Look at this. Oh, old. I mean, that looks it. like a picnic from the 1980s. Love it. Yeah, that's Just, special. And it, even the recipes are kind of typed out in a nostalgic font. So that's sweet. This Heirloom is a, all the way. Uh-huh. There's another name I want to make sure we include early on in these classics, and that is Natalie Dupree. She's out of Charleston, and she's now, I don't know if she's late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. Anyway, she did a cookbook called Mastering the Art of Southern Cooking, which is a play on Julia Child's Mastering the Art of French Cooking. Yes. Uh, but they knew each other. They are both, you know, really wonderful cooks yeah Um, but she does everything in that from showing you the basics of cleaning vegetables and scrubbing a country ham to you know actually how to prepare things yeah so mastering the art of southern cooking that's good i wanted that to be in our that's good classic classic list too we need some of these chefs actually or excuse me these cookbook authors to come sit with us i I would really enjoy getting to talk to some of them personally Mm -hmm. one-on-one that'd be fun Okay, so Natalie, call us. Have your people call yeah, us. Yeah, I reached out to her website contact, you know, but I didn't hear back because I wanted to see if we could chat with her a bit. But well, there's so many directions that you can go with cookbooks. Um, sometimes they're even come from iconic restaurants. True. You know what yes, I mean? Because like, people want to try and replicate at home. Right. Yes. And. One of the ones I actually went to the library to look at. You, ca- I can't buy all of these. Right. Like, you know, yes. I don't have even the shelf space for all of these. Yes. But um, the Brennan family out of New Orleans that has Commander's uh, Palace, the famous mm-hmm. Commander's Palace, they have a cookbook called Commander's Kitchen. So okay. it features 150 recipes from their extensive offerings. And wow, I just wanted to mention that as a... You know, if you want one from a classic restaurant, yes. that might be a good pick. That sounds amazing. And another one um, I had <clears throat> the privilege of going to in my living in Atlanta days, Mary Max Tea Room. Okay. And they did a 75th anniversary cookbook. That's still okay. a open working restaurant. Okay. And um, it's full of classics too, fried green tomatoes and, you know, a lot of the Southern classics I that they it. serve there. Well, then this would probably be a good time for me to mention Miss Daisy. She had a tea room here for years yes, she and did. still has a storefront um, here in the Franklin area. But Miss Daisy Celebrates Tennessee is one of her cookbooks, which is very cool because it, you get a little history lesson throughout this cookbook as well. This one cracks me up because 
it's signed because and I bought it from an estate sale, so it's not signed and made out to me. To you, to Marianne, celebrate Tennessee, Daisy King, October first, nineteen ninety-five. That's when the book came out. Was ninety-five, but yeah, these are recipes that were put together in honor of the bicentennial bicentennial anniversary of the state of Tennessee in nineteen ninety-six, and it celebrates. Tennessee people, places, products. This is much more focused on celebratory menus. Easter Sunday. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, wedding brunches, bridal brunches, New Year's buffet, you know, even tailgating. So it's very focused on celebrations. I would say that. I don't know if if this would be a good one for just finding something for the week. But it, if you like history, especially if you're a Tennessean, this is a really fun thing to, to have as a resource. And yeah, one I would for sure recommend. Yeah, that's a whole nother direction you could go, whether it's for yourself or a wedding gift, is picking a person who's got something like that for your state. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a famous cookbook out of Kentucky. It's actually called Out of Kentucky Kitchens by Marion Flexner. Okay. And it's full of colorful anecdotes about famous Kentuckians, hostess and cooks. I love it. Um, so included with the um, recipes is the kind of culinary mm-hmm. journey of Kentucky or, you know, in Mississippi, Julia Reed had some yep. cookbooks and full of fun stories that's and cool. different things like that. So that's another direction you could go mm-hmm. with a cookbook is not just from a restaurant, but from your home state. Yeah, just from a game, wanting to know the full picture, the full yeah. cultural context that some of the recipes, how they came about. Yep, I love it. Well, another popular direction you can go with a cookbook is a collaboration that's done by the Junior League. Oh my gosh, yes. They do, you know, I mean, Junior League... A lot of those people involved in Junior League do a lot of hosting, do a lot yes. of entertaining, entertaining, I might say. More for than sure, <laughs> yes. So um, there's several famous Junior League cookbooks. Mm-hmm. One of the most famous Junior League cookbooks I would think of is the Charleston Receipts. Yes. So the Charleston Junior League put that collection together and it's been going for a long time yeah you have the receipts i have the receipts repeats and these are so fun in the way that they are the plastic spiral bounds (laughs) that you'll see only in the world of church cookbooks love them so much but we'll go ahead and mention it here but yeah this was um the repeats came out in 1994 so it's already dated as well (laughs) but um This one's very special to me because this was given to me from my friend Leslie, whose mom has passed. And so this was part of her inheritance, and she was kind enough to give it to me because she knows how much I love Charleston. Um, But yeah, I would say I actually just discovered in the back of the, I don't know if the regular receipt ones has this or not, but in the back, there are some menu sections that are fantastic there's a huge notes section which cracks me up like only in 1994 would you have actually been making notes right and careful (laughs) 
This girl still takes notes on her recipes. But it's got menus for luncheons, light suppers, summer suppers, dinners. Does yours have that? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Supper club fair. I love that. I love that there was a supper club that somebody consulted this cookbook for. Does yours include um, some in some of the beginning sections of things? It'll have a little bit of the Gullah language. Oh. Which is um, because that's who was doing the cooking. Yes. Let's keep that in mind. Yes. Um, does yours have that? I don't see that in mind, but I might just be overlooking it. Okay. Well, we'll have to chat about that after because I yeah. think it's interesting. Um, but yeah, it's each category in mine has a little gullah thing at the beginning. Okay. And, um, you know. In those Charleston, in that Charleston area, that's who was cooking a lot of the food. Mm-hmm. So that was another thing I would say is a lot of the best chefs in the South sometimes didn't cr- get credit for their own recipes. Exactly. Uh, a long time ago. So I'm glad that's changed now. For sure. <clears throat> yeah. One of my favorite crab cakes recipes actually comes from, I haven't made a lot of crab cakes in my days, but. This, it comes from that. It comes from this cookbook. Yeah. Well, they have prevalence of crab in that area, so they should know how to make good crab cakes. Mm-hmm. Well, another, you know, really popular uh, junior league cookbook collaboration that I think one of our listeners mentioned mm. as well is the Tea Time at the Masters. Oh, yeah, That was put together by the Junior League of Augusta. And one of the things I think is cute about that one is it includes recipes from, for instance, the crab casserole from Mrs. Jack Nicholas. Yes. Or the zucchini bread from Mrs. Arnold Palmer. I love that. You know, so you have some, uh, if you're a golfer, that might be fun to have some of their recipes. Yes. And we've mentioned on that Masters episode, there's, I mean, some even really simple, you think of the Masters as being everything so elegant and gourmet. Really pimento simple. cheese sandwich and egg salad sandwich are really popular menu items on that course so, so yeah that was that's a fun one that was mentioned uh, a couple other junior leagues i wanted to mention the talk about good is the title okay of a collaboration of the junior league of uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. So okay. it focuses on Cajun food. Okay. And I love that this cookbook starts even just with a basic roux, how to make a basic oh, roux. so good. And then it ends with gumbo. So yes. it's a lot of the Cajun yeah. flair. If that's something you want to learn more about, that's you important. might want to check out Talk About Good. I love that. And when we went to that cooking class and it was a gumbo cooking class but I loved that they started just by going over the basics of a roux yeah because that's important important to so many sauces yeah gravies and that kind of thing um and then the junior league of Baton Rouge has what's considered by most to be the textbook of Creole cooking and theirs is called river road recipes okay um so the junior leagues know what they're doing. I love it. And there's even a collaboration that's just called the Southern Junior League Cookbook. Okay. So they've, it's a compilation of several Southern Junior that League. That sounds really good. Southern, um, Jun- Southern Junior League Cookbook? That's right. Okay. I heard from one of our listeners that the 1977 Junior League Nashville Encore Cookbook was 
one of their favorites. So. Okay. I think that that one might even include some um, recipes from like country music celebrities. Oh, yeah. So if you're a country music fan, that might be a fun one to own. That is fun. That's fun. Well, Allison, the gal that mentioned Tea Time with the Masters, she also mentioned um, the Blue Willow Inn Bible of Southern Cooking. Oh, that's a restaurant. Uh Uh-huh. And then I also forgot to mention when you were talking restaurants, um, Choices Recipes. Oh, that was here in Franklin. Franklin. Our mom has that. They have a good cookbook. Mm -hmm. The Choices Recipes. It's from the Choices Restaurant in Historic Franklin. So cute. Another one that some people might know, um, there was a popular restaurant in Chapel Hill, North Carolina called Crook's Corner, Mm. and they have one called Seasoned in the South. I love it. It's supposed to be really good as well. I love it. um, What else? We had two votes for Aunt B's Mayberry Cookbook. Oh, yeah. I'm not familiar with Aunt B's cooking, but apparently she can do a cookbook well. So we have to mention that one. Well, that's pretty classic North Carolina. Yeah. Um, And I believe it might even include the recipe for her kerosene cucumbers, if you know that episode. That (laughs) will ring a bell. Um. Yeah. Well, I think the spiral bound cookbooks are most precious to me because they're out of print. Like there's so many church spiral cookbooks that you, if you've got one, you're going to have to reproduce it yourself because nobody's, nobody has access to it yeah i had a couple of friends when i asked them yeah. what their favorites were it was you know the first united methodist of greenwood mississippi or exactly the, uh wmu first baptist church of morganfield kentucky you know <laughs> yes. so those aren't easily accessible on online yeah but yeah those have a lot of great recipes from people you may know and love but it makes me um like sad but yet like curious at the same time of is there are there recipes that are contained within some church spiral bound cookbook that like the world needs to hear and know and we don't know that we're missing it because it's not in this mass-produced barnes and noble shelf and if that's the case put it and you know about it put it on our um instagram or facebook group or something yeah that would be really fun will you yeah because i feel like there's just there's got to be somebody out there that's like this yeast roll recipe is Is the best of the best of the best yes yeah like nothing touches it and southern living's never covered this yeah like this and there's got to be some of those out there so i'm sure uh a couple other things before we i don't know if you're almost done i'm almost done yeah things i wanted to say there's a brand, a pretty brand new cookbook. I mean, it's just been out a matter of months that I looked at that I thought this might be destined to be a classic. You ready? Mm-hmm. Emily Meggett's Gullah Geechee Home Cooking. It looks delicious. Really? Like, and simple, like, I think I would use the word simple. Like, it didn't look overly complicated. I guess that's why it's home cooking. Now, I know the name Emily Meggett, but I'm not having trouble. She's considered, they call her the matriarch of... I can't even speak. Matriarch of Edisto Island. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And so she... You've um, told me about her before. Yeah. Yes. She's Gullah Geechee. And yes. um, she's, you know, was, has 
cooked for years and years. I don't know how old she is, but anyway, I did look at her cookbook in the um, Barnes and Noble, and I was just like, "This looks like it could stand the test of time." Wow. Okay. Well, so if you want those kind of crab rice and um, kind of the, some of those one pot meals and yes. things that the Gullah people are known for, that might be one you might want to check out. They are known for, I'm glad you mentioned one, one pot meals, because that's one of the appeals I have about some yeah, of the gullah cooking getting... that we learned about this summer, and yeah, red rice, and yeah, just simple. Some of those simple things that have the protein flavor. right in there. And, yeah. Whew, so good. Um, and then, of course, another direction, we didn't really go into this specifically, but if there's a chef you love. Well, yeah. And yeah. they're yeah. well known, they may have one yes. as well. Yes. You know, I don't think we can touch um southern cookbooks and not at least mention the beauty of mm-hmm. the photography and everything mm-hmm. that is heritage by sean brock oh yes it's just gorgeous yeah it almost looks more like a coffee table book to me it's so yes. beautiful yeah um yeah a lot of the modern chefs have such pretty books that i'm not sure how much cooking's coming out of them other than just coffee table yeah, yeah. where yeah and then I really like Edward Lee, some of his approach to food. He has one called Smoke and Pickles. So I'm sure you like that because uh-huh. you were mentioning the relishes and all. But um. Well, that's awesome. I, I want to do a, just like a quick honorable mention. For sure. Even though Let's do it. we didn't go into any depth on these. But there were so many that you guys mentioned that all sound so good. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, you know, your home state carries weight with you. So Marianne, our Texan listener, she loves the homesick Texan as the Spursters, the Texas Food Bible, all three of those. Ooh. Uh, Calling All Cooks was mentioned by Kelly. We had Stan Thrasher. He mentioned one, and I bet it's good because he's, he's a good a cook. cook. Frank Stitz, Southern okay. Table. Okay. Yeah, he's a great cook. Uh, what else? Oh, the... The Nashville Cookbook, uh, Virginia Hospitality Cookbook by Hampton Roads Junior League. Um, uh, some I know one listener mentioned the White Lily Cookbook. Oh yeah, and I would just say it's a great one for baking. Baking. I mean, it's that's got new. all the baking, yeah, classics in it, and uh, that's a whole other direction we didn't really focus on. But there's another popular one called Southern Cakes by Nancy McDermott that's supposed to be really good if you're okay. a baker and like cakes. It's, yeah, that is. It's a whole like, other category. Whole nother. <laughs> yeah, that white... we could do grilling and pitmasters. Yes, I mean that's a whole other one, right? Yeah. Rodney Scotts. Yeah, or uh, Aaron yeah. Franklin or <laughs> Myron Mixon. Like you got that that's whole true. world. Like, Look at you rattling them all off. Yeah, the cookbooks that pertain to smoking at our house are starting to outweigh just regular cookbooks because <laughs> my husband's so into that right now. But um, yeah, just, you know, and, and on and on and on. I, I know right. I didn't get to mention everybody's that sent something in. But, you know, again, like we said, it's it's so personal. It is. And I enjoyed getting to read what stands out to other people though I did too too. isn't it sweet I did too but I think I went into it thinking I wonder if there's gonna be even 
like if this is going to widen the pool even more for us or if this is going to narrow it down and sure enough it widens, it widens the pool. It widened the pool. Well I think about too how sweet like you've got a, a cookbook there that was a pass down from mm-hmm. someone mm-hmm. else. It's fun to think about that like who's going to get our cookbooks and yeah you know our cast iron skillets and yep. you yep. know all of that special stuff that's Seasoned with love. So good. And lard. (laughs) Good lard. Well, I would say the library actually is a great resource for what we're talking about today because cookbooks can be an investment. So go check some of these out. See what you want to buy. And then figure out what you want to buy. Yeah. Just like you did. So. Okay. Happy cooking. Happy baking. Happy grilling and smoking and (laughs) all the things. Canning. And with that, I'll just leave you with peace be with you, Lainey. And also with y'all. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nyx.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. Saving money on everything for your next project at Menards. It doesn't matter what job you're up against. Works cordless power tools and lawn equipment have the power for you to get the job done faster and easier. The PowerShare 20-volt batteries run longer on a single charge, and they can be used with other tools. Check out Menards' entire selection of Works cordless power tools and lawn equipment. Plus the weekly flyer today on Menards.com. Save